0: For 12 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, RosieOnThehouse.com. And we're privileged and happy to have you. And over three decades of Rosie on the House.
1: Ooh, yeah. We're here. Like we are every Saturday morning, y'all come on in to my house. It's Rosie on the House. My number one son and co-host, Romy Romero, is right here in studio with me. My dear wife, Sweet Jen, is in the call screening booth. You give us a ring at 1-888-767-4348. one 767 4348 An auto attendant will answer. You push one, bypass the auto attendant. It'll put you straight into the call screening booth right here in Broadcast Central at the Call Screeners Station. Jennifer will get your name, and we'll get you on air as quick as we can. We've got my baby daughter, sweet Miss Carol Grace Vohr, also here in studio this morning, and, of course, our broadcast engineer, Mr. Gary D. And so we're here for you, the Arizona homeowner, to ask us any question you might have on your mind about your house, home, castle, or cabin. In this particular hour, as you know, if you're a subscriber to our weekly email newsletter, which incidentally we've recently discovered we've delivered over 7 million individual email newsletters in our 32 years thank you very much isn't that the
0: population of arizona Uh, thank you very
1: much baby thank you very much if 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 you know someone thinking about buying a house or new to a house or living in an apartment and want to move in to a house make sure they know about Rosie on the because at Rosie on the House, the entire team has one vision, one commitment, and that's to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Romy, did you see somebody was really upset with us about the finance show last week? What? what? He must have had some sand in his drawers or something. What was all that
2: about? Good night. Yeah, you know you can't be every Arizona homeowner's best friend if you don't talk about how to get in and finance your home. Absolutely, cabin. There's very few of us that can afford to buy one for cash or inherit one. So uh, yes, there are plenty of other financial shows. But if we agreed with everything they said, (laughs) we wouldn't have somebody else that we feel (laughs) might have some better information. Uh, We we love our feedback. (laughs) We really do. And
1: and for every one we get like that, uh, how we even had a caller that hour, thank us for the topic, and we actually heard from our guest of the show that his reaction was lots of people calling and saying, okay, how do I get out of this apartment? How do I get in a home? So we're here to serve Arizona homeowners, and we want to talk today in particular, this hour, about painting. Now, the one thing I can't do very well is talk about selecting paint. I had a lot of Rosie Romero stories about oops, that isn't what I thought it was in the can. <laughs> oops, that sure looks different on the wall. But I can talk about the proper way to open a can of paint, a proper way of applying paint, storing paint, living with paint, and touching up paint. If you are one of the millions of people that have received our email newsletter and you're currently on our list to receive it it's by subscription only it's by request only and your information will never be shared with anyone we protect it like we protect our own privacy the article today is about maximizing paint colors inside your home and i know you regular listeners have heard many times i thought Coming into the construction trades in the late 60s, early 70s in Phoenix, Arizona, I thought they only made one color of paint Navajo white. And you could get it flat or glossy. And baby, that was it. Everything was Navajo white except Dale trailer subdivisions. They were glacier white and they still are to this day, glacier white. <laughs> so navajo white was like my world and i never even thought to expand my horizons until our remodeling company back in the 80s began doing a lot of work for interior designers and i'll never forget the first time an interior designer told me i want i want lawan mahogany cabinets stained natural i said well that's That's going to be kind of a bright red. And she says, I know, I know. That's exactly what I want. I say, fine. It'll look beautiful. And I want green carpet and tile. I thought, what? You're kidding, right? This is a really bad joke. We're going to go green carpet, green tile, and Luan natural mahogany cabinet. Yep, that's what I want. When it was done, it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. I thought, well, Rosie, humble your little Navajo white self a little bit and uh, open your mind and start appreciating colors. And uh, I think it was shortly after that, an interior designer, we did a lot of work for, God rest her soul, Miss Lee Ferris. We actually asked her to help us do the girls' room at our house. And we wainscoted it, and we hung those beautiful, wallpaper and put in that pink crown molding and I thought wow this beats plain on Navajo white
3: all to death
1: I think that was my favorite room in the house when the girls were growing up in it
3: it was very sweet
1: it was a great room so they graduate out of it and Carol comes along and she wants her room painted pink the whole room not just pink accent
3: no wallpaper
1: No wall paint. pink paint. So that's what we painted. And we were going to surprise her. And what does Carol say when she walks in the room?
3: Not pink enough. (laughs) And I'm not kidding. It was Pepto-Bismol pink. It was like. Four walls of Pepto-Bismol. It was like
1: putting your head inside a Pepto-Bismol bottle is what it was. And it wasn't pink enough.
2: (laughs) So did you repaint
1: it? Uh, no, we did not. not I, don't, she, I don't think we did. Several
3: years later, she went to blue, and then getting from pink, Pepto-Bismol pink, to powder blue was quite the feat. That was a job. Lots of kills. That was a
2: job. Because you have to then go back to a white base so that the blue would, would cover yeah. it.
3: Yeah, it was tricky.
2: So if any of you homeowners would
1: like to share us tips and advice on how to select colors, please give us a ring and let us know. Share your color selection stories that you have everybody has one one triple eight seven six seven forty three forty eight can i talk a little bit about after selecting colors the importance of what do you do with a can of paint once you get it home and i'll tell you the one thing i love Romy, that paint companies have started doing that they never did before and i'm not going to mention this family's name because they're a prominent arizona family everybody would know who i'm talking about But we were remodeling their home in north central Phoenix. And Mrs. couldn't decide on a color. And back in those days, you couldn't buy a quart or a sample pint. You had to buy a gallon. Before she picked the color, we had about 13 gallons of paint in one gallon pails. With samples painted all over the inside of this living room. And of course, what do you do with all those sample gallons once they narrow the decision down to one? They may be listening today, and they shall. we may get a call from them on the
2: phone. But and now, paint companies will sell you the little samples. I, I was going to ask: Did they was samples? Was no, one gallon the no. least. That's it. You, amount, get, a, you that, get a gallon. You, you get a That's gallon. It.
1: That's it. But that's back when a gallon was seven dollars. A good gallon of paint was seven dollars. You know, now a good gallon's almost 35, 40 bucks. So they came out, now they have the sample pints that you can buy. Helps a lot. And in selecting, I couldn't encourage you listeners enough. Get the samples, paint them not just on one wall of the room. Paint them on a couple and some inside corners and some outside corners and up high by the ceiling and down low by the floor and live with those samples a week. See them under night light, see them under sunrise light, see them under midday light, see them under sunset light. Then start putting little sticky notes on the one that continually hits your like button inside your brain. That's my tip on selecting colors. Maybe you listeners have better, more trained advice on how to pick it. But once you're starting to narrow it down, that's my advice. When I come back, I'm going to talk about opening the can and applying the paint. A couple little tips I've learned over the years
3: rush and jet dip it be careful not to drip it wet paint wet paint wet paint with your roller then you roll it calmly coolly you control it. it wet paint wet paint wet paint red and green and yellow
2: too purple pink and baby blue wet paint 187674348 18 for you to join the conversation When the auto attendant answers hit the 1 button to bypass that and it'll put you right in the studio Text can be sent to 411923 or you can email info at rosyonthouse.com. Matt's on the line. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind?
0: Hey, good morning. I, I've got a, a quick story about choosing colors and then a question for you all in, in regards to painting. So, last, you know, with quarantine and everything, I was able to paint the inside of my house. And so, my, my selection is to let my wife pick the colors and then I just do the work. And that way, if it doesn't work out, uh, it's not my fault. That's, that's the best uh, advice I've heard all day so far. (laughs) So she picked three, three colors of gray, a lighter gray, a medium gray, and a darker gray. And, you know, and picked out which walls we were going to paint, which, you know, which shade. And once we were done, we couldn't tell which was which because it depended on how the light hit and where the shadows were and I went to do some touch-up, and I thought it was Sandy Hook gray, but it was, I touched it up with Sandy Hook, but it was actually smoke infusion, and you could tell once it dried that it was the wrong shade, so, um, so Home Zada actually saved me by going in, and I was able to oh. put in which wall was painted which shade, but uh, yeah, I, I would say probably not best to use three shades of the same color in a, a big living space, because it, it makes for a kind of like a Three Stooges episode.
1: Great tip. And you mentioned you had one question. What's your question? So my question is, um, I had my
0: house, the exterior painted. Uh, did it professionally because I, I wasn't about to tackle that. Um, used a, a rosy partner. And last uh, winter when I was putting up Christmas lights, I noticed that on the stucco up by the second story, uh, you know, the places that were high up, I could see the old color, um, on the top, you know, the, the kind of the creases in the stucco Um, is that something I should be concerned about? Uh, And it's pretty extensive, meaning they didn't, they didn't quite get the top kind of those layers, those little shelves in the, in the stucco um, that were up high. Is that something I should be concerned about as far as the, the longevity of the paint, or is that pretty common with stucco?
1: Well, I think you should be concerned about it because we, in, in the painting world, when you're applying your current color selection and you have a bleed through of the old color, the original color, we call that a holiday. And you don't pay for a paint job to have holidays. You pay to have complete coverage. So I would tell you to uh, call the Rosie certified painter and bring it to their attention that they've got holidays and then you call, and, and you don't need to tell them we talked. You just call them and say, I've discovered this hanging holiday lights. What's your thought? And then their answer is going to tell me whether or not they stay rosy certified or not. So is that, you're going to be my little, you're going to be my little blind shopper. Okay.
0: Perfect. That, that works. I will uh, give them a call this weekend and I will let you know what I hear.
1: That's awesome, Matt. And he was talking about multi Shades of gray in his home. We talk about gray in today's newspaper article. It talks about it when applied to a ceiling. It creates kind of a shaded, you know, partly cloudy environment in the entire room. On the walls, it can appear cool, but can be bland or neutral. Uh, And then for a floor, it kind of blends. But gray inspires creative people to splash color with their artwork their furniture and gray is a very common color right now and as a guy that's involved in multiple remodels with multiple interior designers i tend to think that the last five or six years gray has been just a wee bit overdone (laughs) but
2: it does allow you a creative palette it's really easy to get stuck doing something you like once you've done it and then all of a sudden everything becomes so similar it all feels bland and you, know, you got to be able to change it styles and and you're a good painter
1: talk about opening a can of paint and what you do do and what you don't do
2: A one-gallon paint can, and I don't—it's yeah. it's funny over all the—and I'm going to say this, and it's going to happen, you know, if it hasn't already, but you would think after all the years of de- the paint development itself, they would have invented a better paint can by now. And <laughs> But it, it comes with a little key to open it. You're not supposed to use a flathead screwdriver. You're supposed to use one of these keys that they give you that has—it's curved at the end— it won't so kink. It, so it doesn't kink the the can where a flathead screwdriver can. And then once you open it up, you know, you've always, you once you pour it, it's always fills up in that <laughs> yes. ring. Yeah. But there are, there is a new rubber pr- product, uh, where was it? I just had it up, called a pour and store paint can lid. Now, this isn't long-term storage. I wouldn't keep this on no. more than, you know, overnight or two if you're doing... A couple rooms, but it's a rubber lid that you put on top of the can that allows you to pour it very controlled without all that paint filling that little rim. Well, and then when you're done (laughs) and and you trip it up, it drips all down the side of your can. (laughs) So you either got to use the whole gallon or not, but this pour and store lid that uh, the most paint stores sell now. And we actually, it's one of the items we have at the e-store really helps uh, keep the whole painting job a lot cleaner. I used it when we were painting Landry's room. Every time one of the kids moves rooms or trades something or, you know, we, we rearrange the the living in the situation between the rooms. That's the first thing we do is we paint. paint we let the kids paint. It, pick the colors they paint. want, paint it. We haven't had a pink yet, but we do have a, <laughs> a very light it's green. Coming. It's coming. <laughs> now, the reason... Opening the
1: can properly is so important. We'll talk in the next segment. Because if you don't open it properly, you can never store it properly. You open it incorrectly and you put all the kinks in the lid and in the rim of the can, you are creating a long-term problem. So using... And Romy, I don't know. You tell me why. Used to be when paint was $7 a gallon the paint company would give you a key. Now that it's $40 a gallon, you have to buy the key. <laughs> and the stir sticks, you know, they used to give those away for free too.
4: That's where our last caller who said painting is like
0: uh, this episode
4: of the Three Stooges. <laughs> yes, it can
1: be. Yes, it can be. You know painting for me falls in the same category as trim carpentry or fine tile work i have to i have to take like about two months developing my attitude for that day Um, when i'm gonna paint i have to be in an altered state of mind uh i can't be in a rush uh much like an athlete who takes time to prepare for the game by putting on the special clothing. I make a point of never painting unless I put on my painter whites and I play soft music and I put the white jeans on, then I put the white shirt on, and I have to get in the mindset of you're not in a hurry. Prep is important. Brush stroke is important. Rolling pattern is important, so that you don't end up with the holidays, like Matt was talking about on the outside of his house. It takes a real mindset for me. And when I'm going to start hanging doors or setting door locks or running base or casing, oh man! Sometimes it takes me six months. There's there's rooms in our house that's taken me three years, ten years, <laughs> to get in the right mindset to run baseboard. Oh man, I can do it and
2: I'm good at it, I'm really, really slow. (laughs) It's not what I like doing. (laughs) It's tedious.
0: It can be very tedious.
2: And with all things that are a finished product, whether it's the paint on your wall, the tile on your floor, the trim board around the baseboard, or trim around your doors, windows, whatever the case may be, you're getting close to the, end of the project. That's your signature. So you signature. want it to be done. That's your signature. But and, and so it's easy to, to try and start to rush those things because you just want to finish. But those are the things that you're gonna end up seeing every single day. And they're gonna bother you for the duration of the of, of the time until you fix it or change it or do whatever, knowing that you know this isn't perfect because I was just trying to rush it.
1: <laughs> well, and when you learn to differentiate between a good trim carpentry job and a good paint job and an okay job when you learn to recognize excellence it it it's hard for your eye ever to accept anything different but i can remember back in the 70s learning construction you know i i kind of started in the trim carpentry where guys were teaching me how to you know install crown molding and wainscoting it was a lot more common back then and uh, baseboard and i was learning to hang a door and they were using a you know six business cards glued together as my margin for the all the door all the way around and every single angle of the door had to fit that six card not less, not more actually. And I looked out the window and I'm thinking, okay well, I think it's going to take me about four and a half hours to get this door hung. And there were guys out there with a mud truck pouring a slab next door. And, man, there was mud flying everywhere, and they were grabbing jitterbugs, and they had mud boots on. I thought, that looks a lot more fun. (laughs) (laughs) I always enjoyed concrete work. I love concrete. You get out there and get muddy. Get her done. Polish it off. You're pouring with lights on at 3.30 in the morning, and, baby, you're home at noon. In the middle of the summer, you're home at noon. Let's get to this one caller and then I want to go back and talk a little about opening paint, why it's so important, and then applying paint just a little bit. Good morning. I think we have Jody on the line. Jody, how can we help you? Or Joe?
4: From can you hear me okay?
1: Joe from Mesa. Yes.
4: Yes. Uh, I was listening to you earlier about opening paint cans and some of the problems that a lot of people have with opening them. Of course, Using that key is always a really good idea. But I haven't been a professional painter for 40-plus years. uh, One of the paint tricks that we use is a lot of painters use a tool called a 5-in-1. Maybe now it's an 8-in-1 or something. Yeah, It's used to open cans, clean rollers, uh, bridge cracks, and so on. Well, it's pointy on one end. What most painters will do if they're going to re-close the cans is they will take that pointy end, and poke little holes all inside that little ridge there. It doesn't damage the seal or anything like that. So the paint will drain back into the pan into the bucket. Um, and then you take a little you take your brush and you clean it all out to make sure there's no paint left in there because that'll create like a glue seal, which I'm sure you're experiencing. Oh yeah. The other the other trick is when you actually pour the paint, if you're not gonna pour it all out Number one, if we're going to pour it it all off, we turn it totally upside down and then like bounce it or shake it in the bucket. So no paint actually gets in the rim itself. And then you can always pour whatever's left over back in there. So then you don't have any problem at all. You get a good seal. But also if you pour just part of it out, what you do is when you're done pouring, you bounce the bucket on whatever bucket or thing you're pouring it into and then you swoop it up real quick and you have very little maybe a couple of drips back down on the pan on the bucket but if you don't do that you always want to pour it on the opposite side of any directions or instructions that they have so you don't paint over <laughs> that's a great tip that's a great
0: tip going back okay. to what he said the oh, five and in one tool what is that
1: five and one tool think of it as a as a uh, i want to say margin trowel i'm thinking masonry uh, putty knife okay it's a putty okay. knife handle and it has a sharp edge on it but then it's got a little hex to uh, uh, hole in it so you can use it as a screwdriver with a hex head in it uh, it's got a sharp edge on it it's got a angle in it it's it's a five and one now they're eight and ones and his tip about taking that sharp edge and popping a couple holes in the bottom of that rim. i got to add that to my database. That's a new trick. Now, while we've got a 40-year professional painter on, I'd like Joe to visit with the homeowners. Joe, if you don't mind, do you have a couple minutes? I sure do. Okay. Mixing the paint. Talk about how important it is to get your paint properly mixed before you start applying it.
4: So, so one of the things that, that we do as cleaners, if you're using working out of five gallon buckets is we call what we call boxing it. We pour it back and forth and back and forth. Um, of course you don't want to pour it totally full. You want to leave it maybe, maybe two thirds, three quarters, but you pour it, you pour it fast so that it moves. You know what I mean? You, You don't worry so much about a few little drips and spills. Of course you want to hit the bucket. That's for sure. But, uh, it's very course, you want to drop cloth around you or something like that, but that mixes the paint very well. Almost every painter that I know of will not go directly into a bucket. They'll always box it back and forth, especially if you're going to put a little water in it to thin it or something like that.
1: Homeowners, listen to Joe. Listen to Joe. If, if you ever see a professional painter open a can of paint and take those little wood stir sticks and stir the paint up, that may be a tip you've hired the wrong painter boxing well, it,
4: you know the stir, stick, <laughs> the stir sticks are fine for gallon but but always <laughs> at least half it at least half it so you can stir it better you can't there you stir go. a full can without making a mess there you go there's so the other the other tip i want to tell everybody okay you know, when you're painting what a lot of people will do is they'll dip their brush and then they'll slowly wipe off each edge on the on the rim of the paint especially if they're working on the uh or the bucket. You don't want to do that. What you want to do is you want to gently tap each side of the brush inside the bucket. When you when you do that and you wipe, your you're, you're wiping a lot of paint off the brush. The brushes are made to hold paint. So you got to do more strokes, you got to dip more, you got to add. One of the things about painting is to be very efficient in your movements. The less times you dip the brush in the bucket, the less you know, although I heard somebody earlier talking about taking a lot of time, maybe that's why it takes so much time. <laughs> if you do that movement a hundred times going around the room, you've got 300 movements. There you go. A, a painter will just do it, tap each side, got his brush out for it. That person maybe dips it three times while this other person is wiping their brush off. The arm.
1: What's some great at painting advice from a 40-year painting pro i don't even know joe joe from mesa thanks for calling and sharing that the tip on the eight and one holes in the rim it was worth listening to the whole show that one tip but also the tip about boxing paint y'all need to hear you will never see a painter a professional painter open a gallon of paint and use a stir stick to stir that full gallon. You can't get that color and the pigment and the binders viscerated, aspirated enough to really get a good mix. Maybe, maybe when you bought the can, they put it in that shaker thing and... Well, if you go straight home and start painting, then it's probably okay. But if you let that paint sit overnight or the weekend or a week or two, it's gotta be completely reboxed. That's a great tip that I did not have in my database. And I'm gonna add it. And I'm a credit to Joe and Mesa.
0: I'm gonna add something because I had to paint my living room when I first bought my house. A halogen light. A nice bright halogen light that you can see your whole wall. And and I tell you, it made a difference because I remember rolling the paint on one piece of the wall. When I turned it on, when I turned the light on in the living room, yes, I could see marks that I missed. Yes, but with the halogen light,
1: it, I mean, it's you, a brilliant. It's a brilliant.
0: You, yeah. you can't miss anything. Yeah, but it's gonna get pretty toasty in the room. But hey, it's worth it. Okay. <laughs> right.
2: And if you're just doing white, they actually make paint that rolls on pink and dries white. Wow. So if you're going white over white, you can use that. Technology to know where you're at on your strokes. Sounds there like you.
3: my kind of
1: paint. It sounds like your kind of paint. <laughs> well, for
0: temporarily, yeah.
1: <laughs> so one of the things I want to talk—we've talked a little bit about uh, selecting the paint, uh, opening the paint. Uh, I think we had a caller that couldn't hang on.
3: Yes, we did. She. Um, was, what was her? Well, question? she was. I I think she kind of sensed maybe it wasn't your kind of question. <laughs> I told her we could give it a shot. Okay. But she has a house similar to ours, I think, it lives in the same area of town. And she has um, sautéa tile, which, you know, is kind of like that burnt uh, brownish-reddish color.
1: Still one of my favorite. floor uh, it really is. In the whole world.
3: <laughs> but she's, she's kind of gotten in, in a situation where her house is too dark. She's got darker, uh, lots of cinnamons and things. Um, so she's just wondering how to go about lightening up. You know what kind of colors that would go with that? That would lighten up that house.
1: I know a I know an interior designer. that's actually gonna be up in that neighborhood this week. Actually meeting with a client of ours. Uh, we have the woman's information. I do. Okay. Um, we'll we'll get Janelle Davis uh, out to go by and visit with her. Okay. But cool. On sautilla tile, uh, paint choice can be critical, but so can skylights. Make a big. Big difference.
3: They sure do in our house.
1: Yeah, so uh, Janelle Davis happens to be an interior designer. We've uh, begun work with again. We did years ago, and we've, we're fortunate enough to be able to start working with her again. I know Janelle is going to be right in that neighborhood in the next week. Uh, we'll we'll cover Janelle's cost for a one-hour consult for this particular caller. We'll get that set up. So the reason I wanted to talk about how to open a can is how important it is when it comes to storing. And we haven't got to that yet. We still have to get to that because that's a very important part of
3: painting.
1: Now, see, you can't listen to this music while you're painting. You'll be moving way too fast.
2: (laughs) I think we had a friend try and help. (laughs) <laughs> when, when we were getting Remy's room ready for yes. for his arrival, uh, a friend of Amanda's like, "I'm a great painter. I'm gonna come over. I'm gonna do this for you. I'm gonna help. We'll get it done together." I got home. Oh my gosh! I, I didn't say anything. I bit my Good tongue. For you. Good for you, Romy. She Good left, for you. and I looked at Amanda. I'm like, you know, babe, I'm gonna have to paint that room. I can't. I can't live with that. <laughs> what music were they listening to? What music were they? Listening? Well, I think
3: if you don't know the difference you know cuz i used to paint everything and Ro- rosie came home and go oh that's nice but then when you sh- then when you showed me tips and i saw the difference then i knew but i know all kinds of people who think they can paint and then you realize they really don't
1: they've never seen a great paint job i mean you can a paint job done right with good paint shows the depth of the paint and you know we talked with matt earlier about holidays holidays drive me nuts and, I've, and, and I'll paint a room and come back in it six months later and be standing in a way that the light's lit in a way. Oh, no, there's a holiday, Rosie, you dummy. But anyway, let's talk about just real quick some don'ts, okay? Don't ever use a screwdriver to open a paint can. Use the paint key, the paint can key. You don't want dents put in the can or in the lid because it will kill you when you're trying to store it and here's how you store paint you clean the can rim so that there's no paint to glue the lid shut take all the paint off of the inside rim take the paint all the way off the lid set it down and i like to spread saran wrap over the top then I put the lid down and you, you, you don't use a hammer. You use a rubber mallet and you seal the lid all the way around. And then when you want to store it, you turn the can upside down and store it sealed with saran wrap, a rubber mallet and undented lid upside down. And that paint will keep approximately three to four times longer than any paint you try and store in a dented up, beat up old paint can with a bunch of paint boogers hanging all the way around the edge and the rim. And it'll be ready to mix by boxing and using for a long, long time. Don't open the can improperly. Don't store it properly. And Lord have mercy, never paint a room at night. Ever don't do it
0: even with the halogen light idea <laughs> maybe
1: with the halogen light if you're really confident of the color but don't do it so there's all your paint do's and don'ts
2: i hope that helps in your next project and that saran wrap you can use if you need to take a pause in your painting maybe you, it's time for lunch you got to take a call whatever the case may be just wrap your paintbrush and saran wrap the bristles yeah. or the roller and that'll keep it from drying out. And if it's in an open tray can, you can spread the saran wrap over that right entire over can.
1: Buy a good tray. brush. Buy a good roller.
2: Those are two tips we didn't throw out there. Buy good application tools. And then there is another great uh, product that I found extremely handy the last time I did a painting project. It's like it's a $12 can. It's called the Handy is the brand. Handy Paint Pal. and it's Oh, a you smaller... are correct. This is great. It's a smaller yes. I don't know, maybe a pint, two pints. Yes. I don't know. And it's got a handle on it. And when the handle attaches to the 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 bucket, the top one, there's a magnet right there. So you can actually magnetically connect your paintbrush to the side of the can yes. while well, and it it comes in so many helpful ways. If you stop you know, if you if you're just stopping for a quick potty break or if you're climbing a ladder, you don't have to have balance the paintbrush and the can together it's just all right there in one and then when you dip your paint in there it's got the perfectly cut edge so you can clean the back side of the brush before you apply the front you know the painter was talking about not drying drying brush so much strokes but you know if you don't clean the back of the brush when you go to Put it on the wall, you've got all that paint that's gonna drip off that, unless you're just fast enough, you can quick get <laughs> both sides on and then go back and smooth it out. But i, I do like to clean the back side of my brush before that drawing that, that paint pal gets used
1: every paint job I do. And for exactly that reason, you got a place to rest your brush without creating a, a pre-shaped leaning it on something and creating a pre-shaped form to your bristles.
2: And if you're trying to cut a straight line of two different colors, you know you've see, there's you can your test, the baby. Paint. Separate the boys from the men, right there. <laughs> there is tape that they say will keep any paint from bleeding through, and yes, it may, but it just depends on what type of drywall texture you're trying to go over. If you're Talking about a your your typical wall, if it's an orange peel uh, type finish, it's tougher. Gets tougher. It it really does, and I don't know that there's a paint thick enough that can completely uh, put a put a paint proof seal <laughs> on that. So what you can do is go back with a very tiny bead of caulk over the the tape and the surface, and that caulking will create that perfect line you know when you pull it off with the tape a lot of times you'll see it, it's not perfect and it did bleed through well a tiny bead of caulking razor sharp paint paintable razor white, sharp edge white caulking and that is where you'll get your perfect like you said razor razor sharp edge coming up next hour is our 10 o'clock hour it's our open home hour that's open to you the Arizona homeowner any topic you want to talk about your home castle or cabin one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. 888 Rosie for you. Text to four one one nine two three. We also have emails of the week, industry news highlights, product and building material update and codes all here at Rosie on the House. We got another hour coming.